Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Boy, do I have a show for you today. Don't miss one second of it. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well, Dano. How about you? I I can't waste any time. I'm sorry. Let me get right into (laughs) this. I'm doing great, but I am stacked. All right. Major league news last night. For you, you've been following the story. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. Hey, tornadoes in Alabama, tragically, an earthquake and volcano eruption in Hawaii. That's uh, turning into a real disaster over there. Three earthquakes in four days off the coast of Oregon. All of these are disasters that give no warning. I live in Florida where, thankfully, sometimes we do get a warning, but sometimes that's not going to happen. In all these cases, emergency personnel have been overwhelmed and sometimes slow to respond, especially FEMA. No matter where you live, you should prepare for these kinds of emergencies. Securing food storage today makes you your own first responder. That's important. No need to wait for rescue. That may never come. My Patriot Supply has the top-rated food kit millions of Americans have chosen to get prepared for inevitable disasters, hurricanes, and emergencies. I bought tons of this stuff. It's in my closet because I want to be prepared. Uh, God forbid something were to happen. Their popular four-week emergency food supply is only... $99. That's a low price for security. It's shipped free and discreetly to your door. Take action now. 888-411-8926 or go to this special website, preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Food lasts 25 years in storage. It's your responsibility to make sure every family member has one. I have like 10 boxes of it in my closet. It's only $99. 888-411-8926 or preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Okay. I'm a little nervous about today's show, and I don't like saying it on here. Not nervous because it's a show and we have hundreds of thousands of people, thankfully, who listen to mm-hmm. it, but nervous that uh, I'm not going to be able to sum up what are explosive revelations yesterday. Now, if you've been following Remember the Names, my Remember the Names theory, the name Oleg Deripaska should sound very, very familiar to oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oleg Deripaska is a Russian oligarch, a name that keeps reappearing in this case. I have been troubled about his connection to this for a very, very long time. I understand some intimate details of this Russian oligarch, uh, Deripaska, and the Russia case. But what I've failed to understand is the larger connection that is all making sense due to some incredible reporting by John Solomon of the Hill last night. This is one of those articles at the show notes I cannot... uh, beg you in strong enough terms to read because when you read it you will see how far the government went the united states government that is to desperately try to make a connection and put a legal face and some legitimate information into their investigation into donald trump for collusion with russia that never happened ladies and gentlemen they tried they tried they tried they tried human sources they tried carter page they tried george papadopoulos they tried shaking every intelligence tree they could they tried everything fisa warrants human sources they could not find any legitimate way to take this man down donald trump what did solomon report at the hill if you saw him on laura ingram last night you find out that the FBI approached this Russian oligarch. He is one of the richest men in Russia. We've repeated this name multiple times on the show and told you from the beginning, remember the name. The FBI approaches him two months before the election in a hotel room. He's been given a uh, pass into the United States. 
despite some problems in the past due to some alleged uh, criminal activity where he was not allowed in. Two months before the election, Joseph, follow me here because you are the audience on Buzz. The FBI approaches him. The FBI says to him, hey, you know, the Russians are colluding with Trump to win the election, right? Now, Deripaska is intimately connected to Putin and others in Russia. He's one of the wealthiest men there. Uh, what happens, Joseph? Deripaska laughs him off. Mm. Deripaska says, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they still push him. Are you sure? Hey, reach out to us later, you know, if something comes up. What do we find out as well last night, which I was not aware of before last night? I've got some other angles. I'm gonna, in, I'm gonna, I am gonna blow your mind with this show by the time you're done because now the story is finally making sense. I said to my wife, we were, we have those. Uh, not trying to sound like first world problems, guys. We have those two sink bathrooms, <laughs> so I'm sitting next to her in there, and I'm like, I can't, I can't, and boom, I see a piece of information. I'm like, now I got it. We find out as well last night that Deripaska knows Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller, of course, the witch hunter trying to hunt down Donald Trump, hard, uh, head of the special counsel. John Solomon, again, in the Hill. It'll be in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Please read it, please, because it's critical to your understanding of the biggest scandal in American history. In 2009, Joe, Bob Mueller's FBI approaches Deripaska about what, uh, again, I agree with uh, Sean Hannity and other commentators on this, what was a noble mission. Mueller approaches Deripaska through his FBI, and they ask him for help in getting back an FBI, former FBI agent being held hostage in Iran, a guy by the name of Bob Levinson. You following yeah, me? All right. Yep. Noble mission. No problem there, right? No problem. Apparently, there are some legal complexities with this. Um, personally, I don't care if, uh, if we have to massage the legal complexities show to get back an FBI agent being held hostage in Iran or former FBI agent. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not a big moral quandary to me. But mm -hmm. apparently there were some legal complexities with this, according to Alan Dershowitz, that may have made this um, not legally compliant, this this uh, this request. You see what I'm saying, mm -hmm. Joe? To For a Russian to help sure. us. Yeah. Mueller approaches, Mueller's FBI, I should say, I want to be absolutely precise on this, approaches Deripaska. Oh, by the way, one quick thing. I'm sorry, I kept saying uh, Christopher Simpson yesterday. Thanks for the, it's obviously Glenn Simpson. Uh, it's just that, you know, I get so much stuff going on, folks. I had a long day yesterday. Um, so my apologies for that. I was talking about Glenn Simpson, but thanks for all the emails. He approaches Deripaska and he asks him for help in getting this FBI agent back from Iran. Deripaska, apparently, this Russian oligarch, commits $25 million to the effort. Now, you may be saying to yourself, this is important you understand this. Why would our FBI, under the charge of Bob Mueller at the time, be asking a Russian oligarch for help in getting back a former FBI agent being held in Iran? Maybe because the Obama team didn't want this case highlighted that the Iranians were holding on to an FBI agent? Ooh. Why, Joe? Why would the Obama team, you think, want that story to go away? What was the Obama team's priority with Iran, Joe? Oh, the deal, baby. The Iran deal, baby. Now, I do not, I, I'm not setting my boy Joe up here. No. My main man, I'm just trying to, if he doesn't get it, I'm, I'm just, honestly, if he doesn't, I know you don't get it either. <laughs> the Obama administration 
wanted the Iran deal to rebalance power in the Middle East away from Israel and away from the Sunni states more than it wanted anything. In 2009, the FBI, and again, what I believe is a noble mission, I'm not impugning the character of the agents trying to get back Mm -hmm. a hostage being held in Iran. Let me be crystal clear on this. But I'm trying to tell you how deep this scandal goes. Mueller approaches this guy because the Obama team, apparently, Joe, is not engaged fully in this effort to get this FBI, former FBI agent back from Iran because it'll highlight what? The fact that the Iranians are holding a former FBI agent. Right, right, right. Okay, we're with you. Apparently, this deal gets close to fruition. The Iranians are ready to send back this former FBI agent, Bob Levinson, being held hostage in Iran. Mueller's worked out a deal where Deripaska, Oleg Deripaska, spends $25 million of his own money to be, and by the way, you may be asking why Deripaska. I just want to be clear on this too. Deripaska has business dealings through his Russian company in Iran, so he has contacts on the ground. Are we clear on that? I just want to make sure everybody understands. Deripaska knows people in Iran through his business dealings. Deripaska's Russian. The Bureau deals with him. He spends $25 million of his own money in this effort. They do not get Levinson back. There are conflicting accounts about what happened. One of the accounts that's been uh, at least reported on is that the Iranians are ready to let Levinson go due to this, uh, this deal that the Mueller's FBI has worked out. And at the last minute, the deal is blocked. Levinson is not let go. Now, one of the accounts I've read on this that I've seen in some other since some pretty prominent outlets, including John Solomon's piece, which is a must read, right? Mm-hmm. Who blocks the deal at the last minute? The State Department being run by who? Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Some people hate my ominous whisper. I'm sorry. Joe is actually bogarting my honest uh, by a. Uh, my dear, yes. my whisper guy. Yes, I did. Hillary Clinton. Apparently, Hillary Clinton doesn't want to sign, which, again, I'm going to be open and fair on this. Some kind of a statement from the Iranians absolving them of responsibility here. How the, In other words, the Iranians want Hillary Clinton to sign this thing. Hey, we didn't really kidnap them. And, we'll really, and Hillary says, no, I, I, I'm not going to be like the, if the, if that's. I'm not sure the intricacies of the diplomacy they were engaged in there. I'm just telling you, I'm reasonably confident of two things. We could have gotten the FBI agent back. We didn't. It was scuttled at the last minute because of a decision Hillary made. I'm not judging her for that decision. I'm just telling you what's being reported. I'm also telling you it's pretty clear from the reporting that the Obama administration was not engaged as completely as it could have been in getting this guy back. Oh, hell no. Hell no's right. Deripaska knows this. How does Deripaska know this? Because he's the guy the FBI approaches to help them, the Russian, to help them get Levinson back. Yep. Read the report. Mueller knows Deripaska. Why is Deripaska keep coming up in this case? I forgive me if this is complicated, but you have to listen twice. We don't get any extra credit for you listening twice, I promise you. But it is important you understand how deep this goes. The whole operation, Joe, is legally questionable. Mueller has an incentive. This is another Mueller conflict to make sure that this is 
kind of swept away after it fails, and who also has an incentive to make sure the whole operation is swept away. Obama. He doesn't want to keep highlighting the terrorists the Iranians are and that they have one of our former FBI agents held captive. He also doesn't want to highlight that the operation didn't work and that Hillary Clinton scuttled it the last minute through the State Department under Obama. Boom! That's right. They don't want people to know this. This is all kept hush-hush. Who knows this? Deripaska. Who? Now, Deripaska knows more. This, of course, we've reported on the repeatedly through from episode number 628 on. Deripaska is a name that keeps creeping up in this case. Mm-hmm. So now we know point number one, Joe, bullet point number one, takeaway in the visual PowerPoint presentation I'm going to explain over audio format. PowerPoint number one, Deripaska knows Mueller. Mueller and him are involved in an operation that failed. An operation that Obama has a political interest in sidelining and keeping quiet to the American people. Mueller knows about this, too. Now does the Mueller appointment make sense? Hide all of this stuff. Deripaska knows something else. Deripaska knows about Skolkovo. As I said on the Levin show. The Life, Liberty, and Levin show when I was on last, uh, last Sunday night. Not this Sunday, the past, the prior Sunday. Deripaska's former business partner, there's a falling out here, is a guy named Victor Vexelberg. Victor Vexelberg is another Russian oligarch. Extremely wealthy. Wealth in the billions, just like Deripaska. These two had a company together. They had a dispute in the company. They become business uh, rivals, Joe. Deripaska and Vexelberg part ways. Vexelberg goes on to lead the Skolkovo. Oh, remember the names. The Skolkovo Project. Oh, yeah. The Skolkovo Project is a Russian attempt to recreate a Silicon Valley in Russia. Silicon Valley. (laughs) Silicon Valley in Russia. The project is deemed by United States intelligence entities later as a Russian effort to steal our military technology, of which some reporting indicates some of the technology stolen was used to create an extremely dangerous hypersonic missile by the Russians. In other words, Skolkovo was a disaster for the United States. The president of this operation, the grand dame of the operation, Vexelberg, is Deripaska's old partner. So not only now does Deripaska know, I'm setting you up here, follow me. Mm -hmm. Not only does Deripaska know about a failed FBI operation to retrieve a former FBI agent being held in Iran that the Obama administration either scuttled or blew it on and Hillary Clinton wouldn't sign off on. But Deripaska also knows pretty intimate details about a Russian oligarch running a project that our own intelligence community has deemed an effort to steal sensitive military technology. What is also critical about Skolkovo? The companies involved in Skolkovo, 
the Skolkovo Project. 17 of the 28 companies made significant donations to the Clinton Foundation. These people were being, the foundation was being paid by companies involved in a Russian intelligence operation to steal sensitive military technology. This is Deripaska's old guy running this. Mm. Old, old Fred, they're not the rivals now. Right. Deripaska, Deripaska, Deripaska. Remember this name. Now, critically, there's a company. So just to be clear on this, Deripaska and Vexelberg were partners, are now rivals. Mm-hmm. Deripaska knows about Vexelberg. He knows about Skolkovo. Vexelberg and, and, and Deripaska have a business dispute. Deripaska goes off and tries to buy a German car company. He tries to buy Opel. Hmm. Deripaska. Okay. There's some lobbying involved. There's some money, again, lobbying uh, and being paid to the Clinton sphere, of course, to influence the deal. There's some money paid there. Clinton does a backdoor operation, basically screws over Deripaska. Vexelberg, on the other hand, and some Russian money, again, used to back Skolkovo. Now, this Russian investment fund, Rusnano, forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, R-U-S-N-A-N-O, I don't uh, speak Russian very well. Good enough. I tried in, when I was when I was in Russia for a while. I think uh, what is it? Yanni Gavru Peruski. Does that mean I don't speak Russian? That was the only thing I knew. And piva, which means I think beer, right? That was like the only two uh, da. Da. <laughs> expressions da. I knew. <laughs> niet, 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 right? That was I knew niet too. Yeah. Um, Rusnano, which is a Russian investment firm with the explicit backing of Putin's government, around the same time puts money puts money into the Skolkovo operation. Where does it also put money? Into an American company called Jewel Unlimited. Russian backed money makes it into this Jewel Unlimited company. This is important. Don't, don't listen. You got to get this one down. All right. It makes it into the company because an, an, uh, a Russian joins the board of this company. Joins the board of this company with a very suspicious character. John Podesta. Hillary Clinton's right-hand man for eons. After he joins that company, millions of dollars... In let's say investment, winds up finding its way into said company. Russian money. Who likely knows about all of this? Because it's the same Russian backed firm that was pumping money into Skolkovo, the companies that were donating to the Clinton Foundation, Deripaska. Spasiba. Does that mean thank you? That means thank you in Russian, I believe, yes. My Russian is really awful. Now, why is this all important? Remember what I told you. The point I'm trying to make here is Deripaska, we found out last night, according to The Hill, knows, is intimately familiar with a failed operation to get back a former FBI agent from Iran. He knows Mueller. 
Nobody wants this stuff out there because one, the operation failed. And two, it looks at least on its face like the Obama administration didn't do everything it could to get this uh, to get this former FBI agent back while at the same time trying to help Iran through the Iran deal. We also know that Deripaska is is familiar at, at a minimum with a former business partner involved with a Russian project that our intelligence communities deem deemed was an effort to steal our military technology, which may have been used to steal sensitive technology for a hypersonic missile while those companies were donating to the Clinton Foundation. Joe, you think it's the Democrat Party's interest to keep this guy quiet? Oh, yeah. He, he knows way too much, this Deripaska guy. He knows guy. way, way too much. Yeah, Daddy-o. Deripaska offered to testify in front of Congress. Oh! Yes! Yes! Now... Media reports on this have been all over the place, but they claim Deripaska wanted immunity. That's questionable. I'm not sure that's been confirmed, and I don't think that's true. Deripaska offered to testify in front of Congress. Deripaska's opportunity to do that was not leveraged. You think this may be an interesting guy to talk to, Joe? Oh, you bet. Deripaska has detailed, intimate knowledge of facts critical that would make the Clinton Foundation, the Clintons, and the Skolkovo Project front page news everywhere. Yet Deripaska, astonishingly, was not was not given the opportunity to do so. I'm not suggesting to you, by the way, that Deripaska is a good guy in this. Please, don't misinterpret what I'm telling you. I'm simply telling you that this is a man who understands deeply some of the intricacies of this case and who's been approached by various players in this case who was not given the opportunity, apparently, when he offered to testify to do so. Deripaska also hired a lobbyist. He hired a lobbyist to work for him. This is where the story gets confusing, and I'll I'll be candid with you. This is where I'm still having a little bit of trouble trying to figure out what the motive and incentive is here. Okay. Deripaska hires a lobbyist, guy with the last name Waldman. He hires a lobbyist to communicate with a Democrat senator, Mark Warner. That senator, Mark Warner, conveniently takes the place of Dianne Feinstein on the Gang of Eight, basically the the Senate and House team assigned to oversee the intelligence community. These are the guys and the ladies in the Senate and House show that are supposed to oversee the activities of the intelligence community to make sure they're not doing anything untoward. Dianne Feinstein leaves her spot on that committee. I want to, by the way, hat tip the uh, conservative treehouse guys. I read a piece today. It was good on this. And I, I, I stole a piece of their, well, I didn't steal it, but I took from there. <laughs> I don't like using audio. Other people generate and acting like it's mine. But they, they found a, a gem of a piece by John Brennan. It's a good piece. But they point out an interesting fact, which, again, I, I, had, I had missed the timing on this. Not the mechanics, but the timing. Warner... Mark Warner, Democrat senator, takes the place of Dianne Feinstein on this Intel, on this gang of eight, basically Intel oversight board and up on the hill that's supposed to be overseeing the stuff. Feinstein leaves. She's replaced by Warner. What does this have to do with Deripaska? The lobbyist Deripaska hires this guy Waldman in now publicly revealed text is reaching out to Democrat Senator Warner, trying to connect him with who? 
Christopher Steele, the British spy, working for Hillary Clinton. Hey, Chris wants to talk. Chris wants to talk. Chris wants to talk. I want to set up for you an interesting angle of this that I had not considered before. Because you may be saying, I don't get it, Dan. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole bunch of stuff you're feeding us now. Yeah, and I, I get it. I can see you're confused, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to be candid with you. I, the, I'm, the motive, I think I've got it, but I'm hesitant to put it out, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. But, you know, it's other somewhere else, uh, you know, someone else is going to throw it out there, and it, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not, this isn't hard yet, but Deripaska clearly is connected to Putin. This is obvious, right? He has deep ties and connections yeah. to Russia. Yeah. It's clear, as I've told you from the past, the Russians engage in a mutually assured destruction intelligence strategy. Um, their strategy, I don't believe in the election, was to have either side win. Their strategy was to make sure the United States lost and to sow chaos. I don't know what he's what game he's playing here. But what's fascinating is Deripaska hires a lobbyist that is also apparently in regular contact with a spy that was working for the Clinton campaign. Is Deripaska playing both sides to ensure that he's left prosecution free from this, Joe? In other words, is he hiring this lobbyist who he knows is connected to Christopher Steele, who he knows is connected to the Clinton campaign? Mm-hmm. To play both sides. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Here's where I'm leaning. I think we need to start entertaining the possibility here, folks. And I'm not saying these were good guys either. Don't get me wrong. It's clear Christopher Steele, the British spy who put together the dossier on Trump, had sincere and severe personal animosity to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to start, at a minimum, entertaining the possibility that there were Russians who needed the Magnitsky Act to go away, that sanctioned Russian oligarchs. Yep. And to do so, they needed to discredit certain entities and that the Russians were playing both sides of this as well. There were... <sighs> I'm really, really stewing over this because this is... I'm not sure. I don't really know if anyone else has put this out. They may be, and if they are, please email me. I'd love to hear what other people are thinking. The Magnitsky Act was devastating to the Russians. It was named after Sergei Magnitsky. Uh, he was killed in a Russian prison for some investigations into some uh, money laundering activities that made the Russian government, in, in the words of some folks investigating it, look bad. The Magnitsky Act, uh, Ben Cardin, a senator from Maryland who I ran against at one point, was one of the proponents of it. And what it did is it prevented some wealthy Russian oligarchs with deep connections from basically traveling to the United States. It placed some sanctions on them. The Russians desperately wanted this to go away. One of the companies that was involved in in, in, in attacking some of the people, attacking some of the people who were advocating for the Magnitsky Act was Fusion GPS. I'm I'm not sure that certain Democrats in the Congress, their motives were so much before the campaign that I'm not, they were anti-Trump. But some of their motives may also have been 
to discredit certain people who were advocating for the Magnitsky Act, while others were being leveraged to discredit Fusion GPS. I, I know this is confusing, and I'm deeply sorry for that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this make sense to you. But the one hallmark of a conspiracy theory, I always told you, is when, is when everything's packaged up in a, neat little, in a neat little bow. Let me make it real simple for you. Some of the motive before the campaign may not have only been to attack Donald Trump. It may have been to attack these sanctions on these Russian oligarchs. And there are people in the U.S. Congress who may have been on both sides of this issue. Some of them may have been influenced by lobbyists to do so. Thank you. Does that make that sense? Makes, yeah, because it's not a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, that makes sense. And there, there may have been a strategy there to make Fusion GPS out to be a bad guy and to leverage Republicans against them by employing Fusion GPS in a, in a strategy against Donald Trump as well. I'm sorry. I know that's confusing. I'm going to bring it out to 30,000 feet, but uh, it's, I know it's, this is really this, the, the, the most insane spy novel you've ever heard in your life. But I'm not so sure right now that this isn't uh, this isn't deeper than we yeah, all know. dude. I'm following you, and I think the listeners are too. But it it is a lot, yeah. You, you, and that's why I'm I'm saying like every the, the hallmark of this right uh-huh. of a conspiracy theory when you don't know anything is you give the answer. Oh, and Deripaska, good guy, and Vexelberg, <laughs> bad guy, and yeah. that's. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you here? That there may not have been a clear course of good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There may have been people who needed sanctions to go away that leveraged their relationship with Democrat senators on the Hill, mm-hmm. knowing if there was an anti-Trump angle, they would listen. But at the same time, they also used it to. Dis- credit certain people who were lobbying for these sanctions all right let me get to this uh to this hand uh i target have you picked up iTarget yet? Thanks to everybody who has uh, picked it up. It's one of the best products out there for increasing your firearm skill. It's important whether you're a first-time firearm owner, self-defense uh, uh, proponent, you have a firearm because you're a police officer in the military. It is really important that whenever you have to engage with that firearm, guard for uh, God forbid, that you do so proficiently. iTarget is a way you can practice in the safety and security of your own home. The range is great. We love the range, but it's expensive. It takes some time to get there and back. I'm going to head there this week, actually, my my father's coming into town, but I target you can practice your dry fire at uh, dry fire, meaning you, you fire a safely unloaded weapon. Check it, check it twice, check it three times, look away, make sure always point in a safe direction, obviously. But dry firing is you pull a safely unloaded weapon, you pull the trigger, you practice that trigger pull and you practice your sight alignment, equal light on both sides, level across the top, slow, deliberate trigger pull to the rear. Now, what's the problem with dry fire? The problem is you have no idea where the round would have gone. Now, with the iTarget system, they will send you a target, there's a phone app, and then you put this laser round in the weapon you have now. No manipulations necessary. You have a 9mm, 40 caliber. They'll send you that 9mm or 40 caliber laser round. And when you depress the trigger on that safely unloaded weapon with the laser round in it, it'll emit a laser, and now you can see where the round would have gone. 
Now you know where your rounds are going, and now you know what's going on. Because if they're low and to the left, you may be kind of yanking the trigger a little bit. Your grip may be off, but you can fix that stuff. You can fix it by practicing with the iTarget system. Go to iTargetPro.com. That's the letter, iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. Use promo code DAN for 10% off. It's the best system out there. I get incredible, incredible reviews about it. iTargetPro.com. Promo code DAN for 10% off. All right. Um. I, I'm I'm really torn about today's show because I'm 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 I know I'm kind of like uh, you know I, I know a lot of you your heads are spinning right now, but <sighs> sorry, Joe. I'm my you're cool man. This this show means a lot to yeah. me, and uh, I, I I like to give you answers. And I the, the Deripaska angle yesterday screwed up everything for me. It really did, because it it seems to me that these rush the Russians were clearly playing both sides here. They were playing certain people to get these sanctions thrown away. They were playing certain people with negative information on Trump. They were playing certain people. You know what? Let me think of. Let me just pull this out. And I know I'm going through this on the air, but. I'm trying to give way to sum this up. The Russians' goal in this is the chaos number one and getting rid of Magnitsky number two. Whatever they can do to discredit people involved in the passing of Magnitsky, including hiring Fusion GPS to discredit it, that's what they'll do. And then if they figure out at some point that Fusion GPS is working against Trump... And they can use that as an anti-Trump thing to sow chaos. They'll do that, too. But then if they can leverage the Democrats to say, hey, look, Fusion GPS, they're working against Trump. Uh, they, that's, they'll play either side of this. Now, let me go back to the beginning here. All right. Because the replacement for Mark Warner, this is critical. Mark Warner replaces Dianne Feinstein on the, uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee. Mark Warner replaces Feinstein very suspiciously. You know, she kind of like walks away and then all of a sudden she releases the transcript in January of Glenn Simpson's testimony up on the Hill back in August. I told you yesterday, I believe it was because she wanted the uh, source, the FBI source that we still the name is yet to be disclosed. I have a good idea who it is to understand that Simpson already outed him. Simpson outed him in an August testimony. One of Dianne Feinstein's staffers who likely had detailed knowledge of the operation to take down Trump is a guy named Dan Jones. Dan Jones is also, also working with Waldman, apparently. Dan Jones, there's text between Waldman and Democrat Senator uh Mark Warner, where Waldman says, hey, we're going to talk to Dan Jones. Folks, what I'm telling you is, is the operation against Trump still going on? And why is this lobbyist who's connected to Deripaska and a Democrat senator still coordinating with a former staffer on the Intel Committee to hit Donald Trump? This is never going to stop. I want the truth. You can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. Let me go back to the beginning, because last night on Levin, I summed this up for everyone, and then I'm going to tie it up again so this show kind of makes sense, because I know I'm leaving you with some of you in a black hole here. The case was started on corrupt charges, folks. The charges made no sense. The initial allegations of uh, the uh, Democrats hacking the the Democrat system being hacked by the Russians was never confirmed by any of our law enforcement, right? A CTO from a company called CrowdStrike, Dmitry Alperovich, he's also sits on Atlantic Council, funded largely by a Clinton donor. 
CrowdStrike comes in, tells the DNC, yeah, the Russians hacked your system. The DNC will not let the, let the FBI in. That is right around the time the Bureau and the counterintelligence investigation begins and they start saying, oh, was this, was this information shared with the Trump team? The information from the start is questionable because the FBI is never allowed to investigate the computers. That alone should be very suspicious to you. Yeah. So the investigation at the Trump starts on corrupt charges. One of the people in the Obama White House, one of his senior Homeland Security advisors, at the time this is going on, folks, is Lisa Monaco. Lisa Monaco was who? Bob Mueller's chief of staff. Yep, Bob Mueller, the current special counsel head. Unofficial channels are used to launder information, negative information on Trump, unofficial channels from foreign intelligence entities and people who worked with foreign intelligence entities into the United States. Unofficial because the official channels largely would have detected this information on BS. So just to be clear, Mm -hmm. corrupt charges against Donald Trump. These are not legitimate charges that he was assisting the Russians in overthrowing the election. In order to do it, They have to launder information. They know the information from foreign entities that backs up this claim that's BS is probably BS too. So they don't they don't clear the information through official five eyes cooperation channels. Right. New Zealand, Australia, the United Kingdom, Canada, the US. In other words, friendly intelligence partners. Instead of passing it through official channels, Joe, it'll be detected as total BS. It's passed through official channels and laundered into the United States to make it into the justice system, giving it the patina, the appearance there of, of, of real information, giving it an air of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. It's passed through unofficial channels. What are those unofficial channels? It appears right now, those unofficial channels were the US Senate and the State Department. The U.S. Senate, where Dianne Feinstein, who sat on the Intel Committee, sat. Whose staffer, by the way, Dan Jones, is still working on an operation against Trump. This is step one of the expose that's going to come out and is going to blow the cover off this. The entire information stream from the beginning was BS and was laundered to unofficial channels. Because if it was official, it would have been exposed as BS. Complete crap. So they used unofficial channels to make sure bad information. The analogy I used last night, Joe, one of the reasons we use official channels with our intelligence partners overseas to vet information is to make sure we don't start a nuclear war based on a tip from Joey Bag of Donuts in England to his buddy in the United States saying the Russians are going to attack tomorrow. Launch the nukes. We don't do that. There's a vetting process. There is official channels for intel. Why were those official channels, according to Devin Nunes, not used? He's already said in his interview with Maria Bartiromo, those were not used because the information would have been detected as BS. They wanted BS information because they didn't have anything real on Trump. Interestingly enough, again, another Obama uh, person, Monaco, who's in the White House at the time is connected to Bob Mueller's, his former chief of staff. A corrupt team is assembled, a team with deep conflicts. To make sure that none of this is exposed, that fake information was used to spy. That team, Joe, Mm -hmm. Bob Mueller, 
who is deeply conflicted, Bob Mueller, who knows some of the Russian players in this, Deripaska, who offers to testify, Deripaska, who knows about Vexelberg, Vexelberg, who knows about the Skolkovo project and the Clinton involvement and the donations and the Russian info stealing, Deripaska offers to testify. He already knows Mueller. What better person than Mueller to run this investigation who can make all of this go away? Now is what I'm telling you making sense before? Oh, yeah. He assembles a team of people with deep conflicts to make sure the Clinton side of this, the donations, the corruption, the influence operation, the Iran angle, it all goes away. He assembles as his lead pit bull, a guy named Andrew Weissman, a guy who can't stand Trump. We already know this from the emails he sent to Sally Yates about congratulating her for defying Trump and then getting fired for it. He picks Aaron Zebley. Another Mueller acolyte who represented a Clinton team member involved in the email scandal. He was the lawyer for the Clintons. This is one of the guys investigating Trump. He picks Jeannie Ree, a lawyer who represented the Clinton sphere as a lawyer. These are his team going after Trump. Does this make sense? Oh, yeah. One of the sources he's given immunity to in the case, George Nader investigating uh, the the uh, the Eric Prince Kirill Dmitriev meeting in the Seychelles that's one of his one of his staples of this collusion fake narrative Mueller staples one of his sources on that is being represented by Obama's White House lawyer Catherine Rumler who also by the way worked with Andrew Weissman on the Enron task force they know each other they all know each other Let me go through that again. Corrupt charges. How do we hide the corrupt charges? The fact that there was no collusion and we're only doing this to keep the attention on Trump. We hire a conflicted team that will make sure that they do not highlight the Clinton involvement. Why? Some of the lawyers represented Team Clinton. One of the lawyers being used as a as a and 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 actually working with the Mueller team now representing a source was Obama's White House lawyer representing a source keeping this collusion fairy tale alive the russian dmitriev that met with eric prince in this meeting that's under investigation joe by mueller dmitriev met with eric prince former ceo of blackwater they're alleging the prince made some kind of like corrupt deal with the Russians. It's, it's all garbage, folks. Yeah. The person, the source for that, who was at that meeting, Nader, is being represented by Obama's former White House lawyer. This was a setup. The Russian they met with was once represented by two Clinton bundlers. The investigators investigating that meeting, they all know each other. Catherine Rumler, the White House lawyer representing a source working with Mueller, worked with Mueller's pit bull, Andy Weissman, on the Enron task force. Invent charges. Put a team together with deep conflicts that have an interest in hiding the entire Clinton operation and the cover-up. Finally, Pick a bunch of questionable targets. This is where it's all going to make sense because I know I confuse you with the Deripaskian again. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for saying sorry so much, but I, I love my audience. And I don't want to lose you. This is where it's going to make sense. All right. 
invent charges, pick a team that'll hide those invented charges and target Trump no matter what. Now, pick targets and shut them up. Investigate Eric Prince. Eric Prince, who was at that meeting in the Seychelles that an Obama lawyer is representing a source on. Prince called uh, Breitbart Radio right before the election, saying he had damaging information on the Obama Justice Department and their investigation of the Clinton email case. Prince all of a sudden is under investigation now by the Mueller team. And one of the sources helping investigate Prince is being represented by an Obama lawyer. I can't say this enough so you understand this. Mueller is investigating a guy who claims to have information on Hillary and the source helping Mueller is being represented by Obama's old lawyer. Way to shut him up, huh? Yeah. Mueller's also investigating Victor Vexelberg, former partner to Deripaska, who wants to testify in front of Congress and Congress isn't allowing it. Apparently, they, they don't want it. Somebody's trying to hide this. They're investigating Vexelberg for in ties to Trump for a $500,000 payment to Trump's lawyer. Yet Vexelberg is the president of Skolkovo. Again, our intel community is deemed a Russian intelligence theft project where the partners in it have donated to the Clintons significant sums of money while she was in power. Some of the same money that backed Skolkovo also backed an American company where Hillary Clinton's right-hand man was placed on the board. Millions of dollars poured in right after this, uh, right after Hillary Clinton's guy, John Podesta, jumped on the board of Jewel. From the same entity that was involved with Skolkovo. But they're investigating Vexelberg, the, the, uh, the guy running Skolkovo, for ties to Trump. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. They're also investigating Pinchuk for a speaking fee paid to Trump. But Pinchuk donated 10 to 25 million to the Clintons. Pinchuk funded, I mentioned his name before, the Atlantic Council. The Atlantic Council, which partnered up with a Ukrainian natural gas company, which hired Joe Biden's kid and John Kerry's stepson. But they're investigating Pinchuk not for that. They're investigating Pinchuk not for his donations to Hillary. Not for the dinner invite he got to the house, by the way, Hillary's house, which Hillary's team denied. They're running from Pinchuk now. They're investigating Pinchuk for a speaking fee to Donald Trump. The conflicts are deep. Who knows a lot of this? And who may be involved in it himself? Deripaska. And Deripaska, conveniently, their ties to Deripaska, his name, Joe, was conveniently left out of the Paul Manafort indictment by Bob Mueller, mm. even though Manafort and Deripaska are business business partners. Now do you see why they're hiding this guy? Oh, yeah. And that whole point where I, I get it, I kind of lost in the middle of that. The whole point I was trying to make before is that this is not going to be tied up easily. There are multiple motives here. Now let me list them out so it makes sense. Okay. There are Democrats. There's a simple motive. Let's go simple first. Simple motive for the Democrats, set up and dirty up Donald Trump. Motive number one. Motive number two by the Russians. Get control of the international uranium supply. Uh, supply. Make sure we incentivize the United States to close this Iran deal because Russia and Iran are, are, uh, are buddies. They're chums. They love each other. 
Motive number three, so chaos however we can in the United States, knowing Donald Trump has little chance to win, but get the United States to question the integrity of their own election. Run a negative information campaign, do whatever we can to sow discontent and chaos on both sides. We know that from the Mueller indictment, that they bought Facebook ads pro-Hillary, against Hillary, pro-Trump, and against Trump. Russian motivation number four, get rid of Magnitsky. That sanctions our billionaires from traveling. This is doing real damage. Whatever we have to do to take down people like Bill Browder, who was advocating for Magnitsky, but Browder, who's got some issues himself, what do we do to sow chaos on both sides of that? How do we get the the Republicans to hammer Fusion GPS too? What I'm telling you, is I think the Russians played Christopher Steele too. That's the angle I left out before. I think the Russians may have played... Christopher Steele did not like Donald Trump. He is not a good guy. He's the British spy who produced the fake dossier. Mm-hmm. I think the Russians may have played Christopher Steele as well in an effort knowing this would sow discontent on both sides. This thing is an unbelievable scam. I mean, it, it, it is. It's just... Yeah. Let me just read to you something from... A, a, by the way, there's another uh, piece in the show notes today by Andy McCarthy. It's really important. Let me just read this to you. All right. Uh, but first, on the Andy McCarthy piece. Andy McCarthy is a very important piece at National Review. It's critical you read it. It goes through the timeline of texts right around the time the counterintelligence investigation about Donald Trump with the FBI started. It's a critical piece. I want you to read it because in there, the texts are illustrative of a point here that there seems to be some confusion as to how this case started and exactly what the genesis of this was. It's important we understand that. Read the piece. It goes through that. That's important. But I want you to understand that the motives in this were not clear for everyone. Now, this is from the John Solomon piece at the Hill. There are two things here, two big takeaways from this piece. It says, he says, first, is the FBI prepared to get authorities surveil figures on Trump's campaign team? Did it disclose to the FISA court, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, that one of its past Russian sources, they're talking about Deripaska, waved them off on the notion of Trump-Russia collusion? You understand why Deripaska's testimony could be so damaging here? <laughs> he knows about Vexelberg. He knows about Skolkovo. He knows about the Iran operation to get the spy back. He also knows the FBI approached him two months from the investigation, asked a Russian oligarch who had trouble access in the United States for questionable ties, Joe. The FBI asked a Russian oligarch, hey, man, you know about this Russian collusion? And he laughed them off. Why was that not disclosed? You think that's a critical piece of information? <laughs> this is important, critical stuff. He says, second... The U.S. government in April imposed sanctions on Deripaska, one of several prominent Russians targeted to punish Vladimir Putin, using the same sort of allegations uh, that the state that state used from 2006 to 2009. Yet between those two episodes, Deripaska seemed good enough for the FBI to ask him to fund a multi-million dollar rescue mission. They're talking about getting the FBI agent back and to seek his help on a sensitive political investigation and to allow him into the country eight times. Ladies and gentlemen, there is something going on with Deripaska. A whole lot of people want to keep quiet. And Mark Warner is the key to this. Why? Democrat Senator Mark Warner is working with a lobbyist, we know through his texts, is working with a lobbyist working for Deripaska while simultaneously trying to connect him to this British spy, Christopher Steele. 
while talking to the British spy. Waldman was, that is, the lobbyist. <sighs> Man, this thing just blows my mind. All right, I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap this up for you. But uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at uh, Brickhouse Nutrition. I, sorry, we got to pay for the show. And you know we love these guys. They, their sponsors are great. So I appreciate you helping us out and supporting our sponsors. They're terrific. Brickhouse Nutrition, let me talk about foundation today. It's the original product. It's still my favorite. You know I like working out, going to the gym. I'm still working on that rough cuts thing. We'll see when we get that going. Uh, but foundation, the original product. It's a creatine ATP blend. This is a special product. I mean it. I've taken a ton of nutrition supplements. You name it, I've tried it at some point. It is, this this stuff's the best. They sent me a bottle initially. I said, let me try it out before I take them on as a sponsor. And all I can recommend to you to prove how uh, excellent, terrific, uh, fantastic, superb this product is, you take the mirror test. Look at yourself in a mirror. Take a little mental snapshot of what you look like. Try foundation. Pick up a bottle. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Try out a bottle and then take the mirror test seven days later. Look at yourself in a mirror. The stuff's incredible. I got my nephew who drove all the way up. I tell the story all the time from Fort Lauderdale. He's like, hey, can you get me an extra bottle of that stuff? It's that good. It's creatine ATP blend. It's like having two extra gas tanks in the gym, and it gives your muscles a look. You would, I mean, it could take months, if not years, to build up. This stuff is terrific. Go give it a shot. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Try foundation. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Take the mirror test. Email me your results. I, I never get a negative comment about this stuff. It's amazing. It's called foundation. Go pick it up today. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. All right. Again, just summing up where we are here so I can uh, I can move on. It's clear now the Russians played us. It's clear now the Obama administration spied on the Trump team. It's clear now they thought, based on negative Russian information, that they had a case or thought they could build a case for Russian collusion. The case fell apart, Joe. Why? Because the Russian sources that fed information into the Hillary team through Christopher Steele fed them crap. The Russians were trying to sow chaos. The Russians were not trying to help Donald Trump. The Russians were trying to destroy our election. The Russians are not the good guys. It is clear at a minimum that Oleg Deripaska has some information about what happened during this investigation. It's also clear there are people interested in making Oleg Deripaska go away. People up on the hill. It's clear after these charges fell apart, fed by false information by the Russians, that they had to assemble a team and a special counsel to make sure that the faulty, disgusting process used to spy on a presidential candidate never came to light. They hired Bob Mueller. Mueller, who conveniently had worked with a Russian who has intimate information about this scandal. Mueller hires a bunch of team members who had already worked with the Clintons. And one is lead Pitbull, who hates Donald Trump. A bunch of people are investigated, people with ties to both the Clinton and Trump orbit, but who are deeply involved with the Clintons. But they're only investigated for their ties to the Trumps or the Trump team. Why is that? I believe at this point to shut everybody up about an operation they know was a sting operation and a frame job on Trump the whole time. He was framed. And there are people who know that. So to shut those people up and to get them from testifying, what do they do? They investigate them for ties to the Trump team. Hey, let's cut a deal. Notice you haven't seen any of these people in the news. Did you find that a little odd? Mm. People with deep ties to the Clintons. They pick questionable targets. Some of the sources being used to question those targets 
Some of the sources being used to uncover information on those targets are being represented by people on Team Obama. We find out last night Mueller has a relationship with a guy, the Russian Deripaska, that Deripaska had, had, was, was co-opted by the FBI. And, and, and again, I'm not questioning the morals of it, but in a questionably legal operation to get back a uh, American hostage, former FBI agent from Iran, the deal falls apart. Clearly a black eye for the Obama team that may not have done everything it could at this point. The Obamas wanted the Iran deal. This all had to be kept quiet. What better guy to hire than Robert Mueller? We also find out that Deripaska now, who knows Mueller, and who's a Russian who, who knows Vexelberg and the big players in this, we find out that he's also connected to a lobbyist that is also connected to a former staffer who was working on the Senate Oh, Gang of Eight Oversight Committee over the Intel community. That former staffer leaves and is now working to still take down Donald Trump. Tell me again how the whole deep state thing is just a big conspiracy theory and we're all crazy. Folks, this stuff is nuts. One more note on this because I brought this up last night. A guy called in and he was t- uh, to the show last night, a uh, caller on Mark Levin, and he was talking about he didn't seem to have any objection to how information was passed to the United States. I can't emphasize to you enough the importance of official intelligence channels. Yes, not every tip is an official tip. Sometimes there are walk-ins. People will walk into an FBI office. People will walk into an embassy overseas and will have an intelligence tip that eventually works out. The reason we have official channels for vetting that information, Joe, is because, again, we don't want to start a nuclear war based on faulty information that comes through like, uh, you know, Joey Bag of Donuts and Burger King who passes his information to his buddy in a Dunkin' Donuts who knows a guy in the CIA. Yeah. We have official channels. We have entities. We have Russia experts, geographic experts, uh, geopolitical experts within these entities that vet information appropriately before it makes it to the president. There is a reason those official channels were sidelined in the Trump investigation because the information was crap. And if it passed through official channels, I never even got to the sound. I'll get to that tomorrow. It would have been outed as crap and they needed the information to stay in its crap status, to start a crap investigation using conflicted investigators to make sure that the real scandal, the Obamagate spying scandal was never uncovered. That's what's going on here. All right, folks, I really appreciate it. Thanks for everybody going to the Chum Store. Yeah, you guys have been making it really worth our while. We really appreciate it. Go check out the show notes today. There's some amazing stories there. I didn't even get to a couple other things I want to talk about. I'll try to address them tomorrow. But go check it out at Bongino.com. Thanks a lot. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at D. Bongino.